Welcome to NGFE Radio, where the rubber leaves the dirt and hits the studio. Welcome back, listeners, to NGFE Radio. This is officially episode one, and today, as usual, we have me, Jordan Steyer. Uh, Danny Moneda. Big Lou here. Bienvenidos. And our special guest today is Dan. What happened to Pete Schumacher? <laughs> Apparently, Lou likes to plan stuff out <laughs> with actually recording the episode, so that's... Uh, he had to go to work. Yeah, you know, important stuff besides this... Uh, this non-profit of an episode of, of, of a podcast, but... Welcome, Dan. You're our very first guest. Thank you guys for having me. I uh, appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for letting us use your home or our, our studio. Yeah, it gets better every week, it seems like now, huh? Yeah, it's a little better than the van, huh? <laughs> the creeper van? <laughs> so, Dan, go ahead, man. Tell us a little bit about Dan. Uh, my name's Dan Blurton. Um inspiring cat two racer for cross country yeah. racing for the path xc team mm-hmm. um, i don't know just having fun on my bike all right that's, that's dan that's what i like to do that's it that's that's dan in a nutshell yeah basically all right dan how'd you get into cycling actually uh is this an interview or a podcast <laughs> a little bit of both i <laughs> got into cycling uh, i don't know actually i raced dirt bikes as a kid originally um, sold my motorcycle, bought a mountain bike, raced the Keysville Classic in 1994. Um, oh, jeez. Damn. Just... Old school. Yeah, I raced a Grundig World Cup in Mammoth, 95. Like, just had fun as What's, a kid. What was that? What is that about? The Grundig World Cup. It's yeah. Or, like, the Norba Nationals. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the Norba yeah. Nationals. Old, long time ago. Um, so, you're pretty old or what? Yeah, not that old. <laughs> Just old enough to have a good time. What was the uh, <laughs> what was the race up in Mammoth? Like, what was the what would be the style of racing? Was it cross, it was cross country? country cross I did country. It up there, yeah. Um, but I remember that year it was like so much snow, kind of how much it is right now. That you like they cut the trails through the snow. Yeah. Like, and there's people skiing and jumping over you as you're mountain biking. <laughs> wow. What time? What time of year is that? It was in uh, June. Okay. So that's pretty, early. Yeah. That is early. What kind of bikes were you guys out racing back in the day? Uh, hardtail, dude. Hardtail, rigid, full bikes, like. Steel or aluminum, carbon? What? Dude, I was like 13 years old. Okay. Just riding I bikes, really dude. don't remember. Uh, so just riding bikes, dude. Yeah. I was like a kid having right? fun on a bike, bro. That was, that was what I did with the plastic toe clips and. Uh, that's so sketchy, dude. Just going for it. <laughs> Mammy. So, yeah. So, anyways, got rid of that and then. Uh, Got back into it a couple years ago, so All right. now we're uh, having fun with it. Bikes have changed a bit, huh? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> Going from uh, 26 rigid to a 29 full suspension has pretty, been pretty fun. Yeah, for sure. What, what kind of bike are you riding nowadays? Uh, Scott Spark Pro, RC Pro 900. Mm-hmm. Loving it. It's okay. uh, super fast. Nice. Why full suspension, not a hard tail? That's a question. If, uh, if you're racing too, especially, it seems to be a trend. Everybody's going to full suspension yeah. nowadays because courses. You see, racers been they went from hardtails now to full suspension, and now even and dropper posts. Yeah, too. So yeah, yeah. even ran a dropper post yep. now too. But uh, I don't know. Like I, re- I rode a hardtail like for a week straight. My back killed me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you guys can relate to that. You guys both <laughs> ride hardtails. I know. Like, um, and after that, because I was dead set on getting uh, Santa Cruz Highball this year. And after doing that, I just I decided no, 
I like to do a lot of endurance rides, too. Oh, um, uh, yeah, for sure. Though. And if I could justify having more than just one all-around bike, yeah, I would have a hardtail and a dual suspension in my fleet, mm-hmm. but I couldn't justify that, so... Yeah, anymore, like, they blur the line. I mean, like like we were just talking about earlier before that we started, it was, like, you know, the lockout on these bikes now. You lock out, I mean, especially on Fox. Mm-hmm. I have no experience with RockShocks lockout, but the Fox stuff locks out to, like, basically a rigid mm-hmm. bike. And you have three settings. You have a middle setting that yeah. makes it just, a, I mean, you're just as efficient with a little more cushion on it, which, why even justify having a hardtail that costs just as much, you know? I mean, exactly. it's going to cost you another five grand just to have something that's equivalent to that. But That was... Another reason why I like I looked at the price of the Santa Cruz Highball compared to this bike, um, the Scott Spark RC Pro 900, <laughs> um, and uh, I mean they're the same price ultimately. So yeah, and you get why not, yeah, and yeah. you get more of a bike, in my opinion. Yeah, than you do. And any the, upgrade you would want to do to that bike? Uh, the only upgrades I want to do a, um, which we already did, was put uh, carbon wheels on it mm-hmm. and carbon bars just okay. to dampen a little bit of the vibration. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, that is it. Uh, well, to add to add on though, if people don't know, the build is basically an XT. It's a one by eleven, correct? So you got yeah, uh, yeah, XT eleven forty six cassette, one by eleven, which is nice. It's it's right in the middle. It's it's good, you know, durable build kit. And what's it weighing at? It's it's light even uh, with that. Yeah, build kit straight too. out of the box, I believe they weigh like twenty four. Straight out of the that's box. That's insane with that's, XT. That's pretty competitive. Yeah, yeah, straight out of the box is pretty good. Um, and then you could go like the the World Cup version, right, which is like twenty two pounds. But for World every fifteen hundred dollars you spend, you get like a pound and a half less. Yeah. And then you go to the one actually the Path has in the shop right now, the ten thousand dollar version, which is another probably two pounds less than this bike. Yeah, and then you're starting. So to, what is it like? Yeah. Carbon layup on the frame or carbon layup the like components parts, components yeah oh, that's um, ridiculous yeah. yeah. I mean, not they're running the bikes that RS1 fork. And no, like, they didn't actually no? no RS1 fork on these. They're running the Fox um, on that ten thousand dollar bike. They're running the Fox mm. step cast, but with the with the Kashimina, um Yeah, well, tubes step, on step it. Step cast fork. That fork is lighter than the That's RS1. Is, I think. Yeah, yeah. Step cast fork. Yeah. Um, that was one thing it was hard to get used to was the quickness of the fork. Yeah. Now, now they're coming electronic forks, electronic shocks, where you know just set it and go, right? Is Scott doing that? Not as of right now, as far as I know. Um, I mean, I think the pros are running that was ICD yeah. uh, Fox program that yeah. they have, but I don't think they're coming stock on their bikes. Honestly, when it comes I to... I think the BMC, they had the big baller bike. The BMCs, came, yeah. Yeah, they came with the um, electronic suspension tuning okay. or something like you that. You feel the lever on these things. I don't know what it's like when you're locking out both at the same time with that, but I have it on my fork, for my Fox fork, 2016, and it, I mean, the lever feels fine. You know, mm. it's... A cable lever is fine versus mm. electronics. I don't have to worry about charging the thing or having to worry about this one has like the, the it's a cable lockout, but when you lock it out, it locks out both front and rear at the same time. Oh, yeah, cool. that's what. I, so yeah, so that's what I meant. So like, is the I mean, is it pretty yeah, light? It's at the thing super simple. Yeah, um, yeah I, I really enjoy it. I ride this bike probably almost fifty percent of the time fully locked out on really? climbing and on the flats. Yeah, I just feel more efficient on the flats and the climbing. Unlock it on the downs, basically. Weird. Yeah. Fully locked out would be kind of rigid, but I guess if you get used to it, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just like riding your hardtail, basically, with a locked out fork. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's cool. That Notice cool? that Anino Sugar went from DT Swiss suspension to um, Rock Shock. Really? Yeah, okay. did he? Mm-hmm. I thought he was still on DT Swiss as of no. 
So wheels, yeah, DT's wheels. Yeah. Does he still on DT Swiss? Because uh, the wheels, because yeah. he he was like using clinchers for a while too. So yeah. I don't know if he's still on that that yeah. deal, but I don't know what happened there. And I guess they don't like to go to the with the um, with the RS one stuff because it's they need to do it wheel change out mid race or something. It's a lot easier to do with just a standard fork versus like the inverted style because of the the legs move around. Mm-hmm. Plus yeah, they're heavier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that's uh, that's always been puzzling to me with RS one, especially when it first came out. I, I never understood why. I mean, the the nostalgic factor. Yeah, you're bringing back the name. It's an, obviously an awesome fork. It's stiff. It works well. But weight wise, you're like a quarter pound heavier than their Sid World Cup that they already had. It's like, and you're you're spending almost double for this yeah. fork, and you have to have a specific hub. Yep. It's just to me, if you can afford it, go for it. But at the same time, it's like, what are you getting out of that exactly. fork? The bling factor. It's bling factor. Yeah, yeah I mean, I understand. It looks the, cool for I understand sure. the rigidity and the whole concept behind the fork myself. It's cross country, you know. It, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. But it's like riding a dirt bike with the upside down fork on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it I feels mean, better as far as like, I mean, the, the seals. Little, little bumps and stuff like that, I feel. So it's more sensitive then? Well, seals are constantly getting oiled yeah. or lubricated. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It makes sense from that standpoint, but mm-hmm. cost standpoint's kind yeah, of hard exactly. to justify. <laughs> Especially aftermarket on on a bike stock is one thing, but yeah. so Dan, you mainly race cross country, long yeah. distance stuff, or uh, no? Actually, I do a lot of cross country. The Kinda Cup West series, um, which average fifteen to twenty miles, um, but I do I really enjoy the endurance style racing. Okay, um, my goal this year is to qualify for Leadville. So that is nice. What, uh, what is that about? The Leadville One Hundred. It's a it's in Leadville, Colorado. It's a hundred mile race. Uh, at, starts at like ten thousand feet elevation. Um, you do over a hundred miles. You do twelve thousand feet elevation gain. Wow, um, that's some serious training. Then, yeah, right? it's a it's a good race. It's I I feel it'd be an awesome accomplishment to finish that race. Oh yeah. So how do you prepare for something like that uh, down here in like SoCal? It's, it's it's pretty hard. I mean, I mean, it is and it's not. I mean, you just ride. You just put in the miles. Um, you got to just start putting in miles and miles and miles you got about 800 miles on your bike now right uh yeah it? i have like i'm at a thousand right now thousand um, miles and it's holding up good no um, drivetrain issues anything like that anything replaced uh, yeah I actually i've replaced one chain so far at 500 miles almost time for a new one again um looking at the cassette today possibly hopefully probably a new cassette very soon mm-hmm. um, but other than that i mean that's pretty decent. I think the materials have gotten a lot better over the years, right? Where they're durability wise. Durability wise, yeah. Well, I mean, comparing but to when thousand I mean, miles, that's a lot yeah. of miles. Yeah. As a kid, you, I mean, you probably don't remember much of it because you were younger. Yeah. But I mean, durability wise, these bikes now. I mean, I started in '08, so I'm I'm obviously a, a late onset when it came to all the, the the racing and riding thing. But anything early 2000s, 90s, like it, it seems like a bike is breaking every ride. You're My constantly thing. like something was going on, like not breaking, but like something yeah. went wrong. I don't. I don't recall um, back in the early days, like the bikes being so fragile. Mm. If that makes sense. Uh, At the time, yeah, it's like right now we're gonna think, oh man, we only got a thousand miles out of this cassette or something. Yeah. I, I, even if it doesn't get to that point, if we get gearboxes, it might, you know, sound kind of funky that we had to replace a drivetrain every, you know, five hundred miles. But yeah, I mean, you're not. You're kind of ignorant to it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, with Leadville, it's interesting, like, with doing 100-mile races, so like, I think, well, Danny and I, or Lou's talked about it at least, but I want to start doing some endurance stuff with the hardtail I got now, but um, I've, in, from what I've heard in the past as far as training for that stuff, 
100 miles, you can you can train 100 miles, but with those people that do 24-hour races, 12-hour races, mm-hmm. they don't train by doing 12-hour rides, 24-hour mm-hmm. rides. Right? It's, it's, it's literally your body, it's, it's knowing how your body reacts on a six-hour ride, and then you can judge it by, like, you have to feed yourself every hour if you want to go every 45 minutes, but these guys don't do a 24-hour ride to prepare for the 24-hour. You just have to know that your body's going to do it. Mm-hmm. You just keep on going through. It's heart rate control. It's it's getting the right nutrition, making sure your body responds to the nu- uh, nutrition, and just getting good sleep before the race, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, One thing on yeah. nutrition-wise, for me... No beer? I, <laughs> is that part of your training program, no, beer? <laughs> beer is part of my training program. Uh, no. Coors Light uh, slash is, water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, it's got water in it, so it's good. Um, no, it's like knowing, like, okay, every hour i got to drink a bottle. Um, you know, every hour I'm going to take food. Even if you're every, not hungry. Even, even if you're not thirsty. Yeah, exactly. you gotta, I make myself do it. Yeah. And it's saved me a lot. It's saved me a huge, like, I've gone and I've passed people because they, you know, took off sprinting and yeah. they bonked. And they yeah, didn't eat. The they wall. didn't drink. And, and as soon as you feel like you need a drink, that's too you're, that's too late. It's not gonna exactly. you're you're not gonna be able to re- recuperate. I remember exactly. a few years back when Chris Taylor raced that um, it's eight hour, eight hour, twelve hour, 12 hour. the twelve hour Temecula. in Temecula. I mean, we were we were stopping constantly, you know, to just feed him. You know, I think he ended up doing like a hundred and something miles at one hundred twelve or. And he ended up winning the solo class. He did it all by himself through the solo class, but that guy lives off of In and Out fries, <laughs> nachos, candy. Candy. candy and he's just like yeah man he's gonna ride for 12 hours you know, but you know those kind of guys are the ones that are gonna do it yeah in my opinion yeah. not the vegans sorry vegans <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I think we just lost some listeners right there <laughs> we don't need those listeners <laughs> well uh, uh, speaking of endurance I mean you look at Tinker Juarez and how long has that guy been racing Oh, Jeez, how old is he now? He's, he's, he's in his 50 50s. Something? 50s, 52, 53 or something like that. And uh, one of my friends that I used to race against actually in cross country is doing very well now. Cody, I don't know if you remember Cody. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But um, he he's racing against him and some of the stuff that he's doing nowadays, and he's just getting lapped by him. You know, it's it's weird to see the elite level that he rides at and at the age of these at. It's, it's, it kind of shows you, and, it's, it, and to me it's encouraging. I mean, being 23 now this guy's literally more than twice my age and he's shredding like I mean in no way I'm ever going to be to that level but it's pretty cool to see such an old guy to do so well old guy such I mean, a guy at his age doing so well he's, he's my such dad's age such an experienced writer yeah experienced yeah. yeah. seasoned seasoned bad. but he's it's crazy though. Like, a guy staying in shape like that you have to say like I raced the Ridgecrest Desert Classic back in November and um, I lined up next to Tinker <laughs> and took off and next thing you know, like he's riding right behind me. Yeah. I'm like, whoa! Like, wait a minute here. This is uh. It's kind of yeah. It's a shark like, in the water. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> I like honestly started like slowing way down because I'm like, why? Are, no, why? Why are you right here? What are you doing? Well, <laughs> and, it's funny. I mean that didn't last long. Don't get me wrong, but he. Uh, he's a diesel. Yeah. It's like I mean you'll set that pace for one lap, and all of a sudden he's not slowing down. No. And you're like, oh, I'm getting a little tired. Yeah. That's what I noticed the one time, or I think one of the first times I saw him out at Bale Lake when he took off for the endurance race, which is like 48 miles, I want to say. Mm-hmm. He's just barely cruising off the line. Yeah. He's like, I know I'm gonna reel you guys in. You guys can just go ahead and take off. But like that slow and steady start, he knows how his body. And again, it goes back to body awareness. He knows what he what it takes. You know, take a drink every 15 minutes. Usually the go-to. Get some food in. You know, it's all experience. Do you too, do like any point. type of nutrition? 
as like far as meal planning? Set, yeah, like, like meal set program, like... Uh, I tried to, like... Like camera nutrition or scratch labs or something uh, like that? Actually, EFS. I, I drank my EFS. Um, then blocks, the cliff blocks. I, eat, mm-hmm. I like to eat those. Uh, and some goos, the orange goos are my favorite. That's basically what I use. Uh, water, though. One guy always told me, like, you know, you can drink all the other stuff, but it basically comes down to water, feeling your body with water. H2O. Yeah. Gatorade. So, that's what I do. I, I mean, like, I'll run a couple bottles of EFS in, on an endurance race, and if I run out, I'll, water is my friend. Like, mm-hmm. I just drink water. So talking like that's that's a good point. I, I'm the same way when it comes to uh, nutrition. Is it's I, I look at all these powders that you can take and all these supplements, right. and like I I I've, I've tried them. I don't know what you've tried in the past, but like I I don't know if I actually tell I can tell a difference unless I just don't have the awareness. But if I'm drinking a some sort of sodium filled drink that you're supposed to have, like it keeps I don't know what you retain water or something. I don't know any of that. Like I'll think, I'll, I'll drink you're it. It's probably a lot of salt where people are. Yeah, for electrolytes and whatnot. But right. I, I, I couldn't tell you that I feel better when I'm drinking them. Yeah, and vice versa. Um, I feel like water just does just as much. Some and of the stuff I do, I've tried. It's given me like cramps, or it's given me like you know, I felt worse. Well, some of it messes with my stomach yeah. too. So it's like okay, now this is exactly. a negative. It's a, it's a lot worse than yeah. just water. So that's one thing I have found that does. I feel that is good as EFS for my body. Yeah. Um, I haven't like ventured out I've tried a couple like little stuff that they've given me to try and yeah. I'm just not a big fan of it I mean I always stuck with EFS and then straight water what is EFS? Uh, EFS is uh, basically like electrolytes um, I've never seen that brand before oh, actually they sell at the path? no um, electrolyte fuel system is what EFS stands for um, premium hydration drink mix prevents cramping and dehydration improves performance during exercise Wow. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, is that a commercial? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can look at it, see what you think, but it's, to me, I mean, that's what I've worked with and that's what I've come to, agrees with my body while I'm Right. Running. I remember when we first started racing years ago, remember Danny? Accelerate, yeah. You Accelerate. guys are all yeah. into that stuff, man. Accelerate. Race is coming just, up. Uh, that was Benelli. Benelli race. Danny was just puking, man, his... It's oh really? Right. I accelerated. Yeah. Oh, I remember you talking about. It. I wasn't at that race. That's yeah. funny. That's when we were just kind of started getting into racing, and that's uh, when you're just getting into supplements too. What's happening? <laughs> you saved yourself because uh, your pouch burst and you just drank uh, straight water. I don't know. Your that was pouch. a good one though. I mean, I think that was your camelback. Kangaroo yeah, pouch. Bladder. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean. Again, it comes down to experience. I mean, you found one that worked for you, but I, I still, me being ignorant to it all, I just feel like it doesn't do much for me. I mean, yeah. I, I, I want I want something to work for me because if I'm missing something when I'm riding, that'll make me ride better, faster, longer, whatever, then... I don't know if it makes you ride better, faster. HGH. I, I, yeah, I, don't um, wanna... I like, personally, like, just straight water sometimes sucks because it does has no taste. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, true. I want something that has a little taste. This stuff, like I said, I raced a couple weeks ago. I did the four hours of Benelli, and I had, like, four bottles for every lap I was going to do or whatever. And after a while, I've, like, went straight to water because it was just got too sweet in my mouth. Like, okay, now I need to just... drink more. Yeah. Drink? Yeah, exactly. You start drinking more out of your bottle than you should be. Yeah. Um, and it just got too sweet, and my mouth was, like, kind of just 
Uh, you just get tired of the flavor too. Yeah, and you're like, okay, I need some water just to really knock in kind of deal. It's not so much of like wanting to be better, faster, stronger, I guess, wasn't the right way to put it, but it's more of like... Something that agrees with your body. If if there's any improvement to be had, I, I, I would like to find it, but it's just... It's, it's kind of, I mean, it's not cheap, and it's like, okay, I'll get stuck with a, uh, this big thing of powder that wouldn't work for me. So, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's, I guess it's kind of like a thing you just have to kind of go all in and do it. Yeah. What, uh, <clears throat> what trails do you usually ride for training or just everyday riding? Everyday riding, um, I do ride down in San Juan Capistrano quite a bit. Um, there's some local trails down there um, close to my work. Uh, do, uh, up here at the San Santiago Oaks, ride here probably three days a week mm-hmm. um also i do like black star uh, climb doing that for some just climbing um, yeah so, a good long climb yeah a good long climb uh then we on tuesday nights with the path we do the hill, hill repeats you guys should come out take a look it's pretty fun hill repeat a pretty sesh. Good, put a good group turns into a hammer fest that's for sure yeah it's, it gets pretty crazy it's fun i mean I the, say it's fun it's brutal I think it's fun. Honestly, like, the endorphins you get afterwards, I'm just like, man, that, that was good. Like, you feel good afterwards. You're just like, all right, I'm getting better at riding, you know. Like, mm-hmm. you, can, you can feel it. And now, if you want to talk about Strava, like, you were trying to get into it. Well, looking at my right. Strava, yeah. I, I didn't Strava last week, but I Strava this week. But just, I, I want to start mm. doing that. Interesting. Strava. I want to start in Strava. <laughs> Strava snob. <laughs> But no, it's, I'm looking, one, I can track how many laps I did, because in, in the meantime of doing intervals, I'm not even paying attention to what number I'm on as far as hill climbs go. Right. But, um, but looking at the consistency of times, like my first one was like, like the, that backside hill we were doing going mm-hmm. up and down, it was like a minute 27, minute 28, minute 26, 25, but consistent. I want to, it's consistent, but I just want to like see that and be like, okay, next week if I can take a second off. Yeah, you don't want to spike like and then just drop and then spike again and drop because you want to be... Well, I'm not seeing it as I'm riding, but it's, I want to see if any improvement or if I had a bad day and I didn't know it or if I felt bad and I did better than I thought just to kind of see what my body mm-hmm. does. I mean, that would be the positive to Strava if you want to bring that up. Yeah. But, I mean... Do, do you use Strava, Dan? I do use Strava. I, I read a lot of my info off of my Garmin, though. Okay. Yeah, Garmin has a good app. Yeah. On their, on the Garmin Connect app is... runs the same thing. Um, they have segments. beneficial? Uh, beneficial, yeah. I mean, it's going to make you a stronger rider, I believe. Um, you're out there chasing people that are way faster than you and you push yourself in my opinion because you're wanting to run that faster time so That's on true. a Tuesday night when you're doing hill repeats or you're doing your sprint intervals you're out there doing it on a hill climb say shoots in the Santiago Oaks you know you're pushing yourself pretty hard because you want to run that faster time mm-hmm. a um, you're pushing yourself to your limit too yeah um that's I don't know. It's I think it's helped me progress quite a bit in my yeah. cycling. Progress? Are you comparing yourself to other riders, or are you comparing? To or to, are you comparing it to yourself? As far to as myself time? and other riders, like kind of seeing where other guys are. Like oh, okay, I know this guy. I know his level. Yeah. And seeing like his time kind of deal, but ba- mainly you can look at all your times and like yeah. see where you started earlier this year to where you're at now, like in how many times you've done it. I always enjoy when, when I go do a ride, I see little little cups in there. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I can see I'm progressing a little bit like we did. Do you want yeah. an award or what? Huh? You want an award? Is that what you want? <laughs> hey, I want a pat on the back. Like, hey, dude, you know what? Dude, Whatever part- you're doing, it's working. Award. Hey, <laughs> everybody wants one nowadays, okay? My, <laughs> my thing is, though, it's like I, I, my personality, I got too hung up on like how fast everybody else is going. And then it just kind of 
gets to your head sometimes and you're like, okay, like it's just not fast today or like I'm on the wrong bike or it's like, what am I doing wrong? And constantly like I, I, I lost the love at one point where I was like, all right, this just got too competitive and I'm just by myself at the Oaks or I'm you do at least you've lost just that love and feeling. <laughs> Sometimes no, you just gotta like escape and go do your own thing. And <laughs> yeah, no, because I, I, I gotta mean, remember that's especially why you're on racing bike. cross country, man. Like you're looking at the guys. I mean, everybody's riding the same local spots, and you're looking at the times. You're like, oh, man, I'm, I'm a little off, like yeah. you know. But yeah. I don't know. But when it comes to hill repeats or just like keeping track of your own stuff, I mean, that's where I think it's most useful. Yeah, for like sure. last Saturday, I just took off. I just packed my backpack and put a sandwich in it and. Rode from my house and went up Blackstar and did like a big 50 mile loop, but I just went and sat on top of Blackstar and ate a lunch. Yeah. Like, I didn't care how long it took me to get there. And yeah. I just went and had fun. Like, ran my own pace and just did my own thing. And, nice. You know, just, you gotta get back to that as sometimes you just. You don't get bored? Never, dude. <laughs> you're the, you're, you're, you're right. the wrong sport, dude. <laughs> yeah. Because <Right? laughs> you're by yourself. I love, yeah, no, I'd rather ride by myself a lot of times. I, I like that too, but sometimes I like to ride with other people. I mean, I like just for the conversation fun, yeah. or whatever. I ride by myself way too much for what I'm like riding. Like on Tuesday nights when we do that hill repeat stuff, I just get stoked. I don't know. That's, uh-huh. that's one of those things. But yeah, every once in a while, it's good to do like a good two, three hours of just hanging it's kinda, out. It's kind of soul searching. Yeah, exactly. Like get lost, think about whatever. That's where I do a lot of my thinking is on the bike. I mean, <laughs> if it wasn't for the bike, I'd probably be who knows where. Drinking. Or, no, <laughs> arguably, arguably though, like, riding kind of takes you out of the thinking mode of, of work and everything. You can start thinking about stuff that you don't think about during the day. Like exactly. It's, it's more of an escape, and that you can start thinking about other stuff. One reason, like, when I got into cycling was I used to rodeo professionally. So I would, took all my, I guess you could say, my anger out on the animal, which wasn't really like that, what you guys think. <laughs> it's... Uh, what, but uh, what animal animal kind of I rode bucking horses, so like you know, you just were bucking able, horses. Yeah, bareback. Bareback. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, so, so like, so you, when you get when you're like, you've got to find something that you can, you know. I don't know. Lose or something. Like stress relief. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's like this. When I started riding, my I was riding again in like 2008. I got my dad into riding, and that was one of the best things he's done. I mean, he used to be you know into motorcycles when he was younger and skiing and whatever. He was an outdoorsy kind of guy, and then he wasn't on it for 15, 20 years. He gets back onto it, and then it's like it's a different aspect. So when he was younger, he's doing what we're doing now. Where we're having fun out messing around with with uh, some friends, but then with him now, he's got his own business. How he's you know it's it's stressful. He goes on the bike, and every time he does it, he's like, I went out there, I didn't think about a thing. I'm just mm-hmm. out, there, my mind. out there on my bike. I, I, I can care less about what's going on at work. When I get back, I'll think about it. But like, for the meantime, I'm going to sweat my brains out, get in shape, feel better. You get home, it's the same thing. It's, and, and, and it's arguably good for a relationship, too, because like, I mean, it, it, that separation and the time by yourself to think about stuff and just, just that feeling you get, again, after intervals, like with me, I just, I'm stoked. Like, everything's cool, you know? It worked yeah. out for a bit. But you ride your dad quite a bit. Rode on Sunday. Yeah, we're okay. we're trying to ride at least once a week. We used to ride a lot more together, but just with time constraints and whatnot. But yeah, we rode Elisa. So that was pretty fun. He uh he took out one of the intense recluse demo bikes. Okay, cool. Well, it might be his next bike. Really? Yeah, like that thing. Every intense he hops on, dude, it's night and day. Like how fast he is, up and down. It's it's crazy. It's cool to see. 
But he's on an old bike. He's on a 2010 Enduro that's so clapped out. It's unbelievable. It's got a big dent in the bottom bracket I put in it like four years ago. Well, up in Mammoth, right? <laughs> no, it was at Oaks. Was I, was really? going, I was going down Goat, and uh, I thought I was fast, and I, I slid out. As I slid out, there's a, there's a bottom bracket, or there's a taco guard on the thing. I slid out, and then the bike was sideways so much, and there was a rock sticking out that it was able to hit the bottom bracket, right, right above the bottom bracket, and it missed the guard entirely and dented the frame. Because you're, you're never supposed to go full enduro, man. Oh, man. I didn't even know what enduro was at the time. But no, it's, the bike's still still working, but he needs something new for sure. So he's shopping around for a bike right now? Yeah. I want some dense bikes, but I don't know. There's a lot of bikes out there. There's a lot of bikes out there. I got a nice cross-country bike for sale. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, well what size is that? It's a large. He rode that thing. Grande. That, he rode that bike, I think it was like 2012. There was a Trek demo at at uh, Laguna I rode a slash it was like the green slash of that year then he rode that thing uh, with me at the same stop he's like this is the best bike I've ever ridden so <laughs> smoking deal I'll try, I'll try to convince him that's funny you know something me and you have in common Jordan is that we both work for uh, nothing or <laughs> I'm faster than you no I'm just kidding oh jeez <laughs> hey, yeah, what's up what? what's that name debatable Debatable. Ooh. Debatable? That's not even a debate. Hey, come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What's up? We both work for our dads. Like, you work for your dad. You know, you guys have a small business. My dad yeah. has a small business, which is pretty cool. Like, yeah. I enjoy working with my dad on a daily, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 a lot to, you know, there's a lot to that where, you know, some people, I get it a lot actually where I'm like, oh yeah, like, like what do you do? Well, I'm, I work for my dad and like, we're machinists and it's, it's always like one of those things like, oh, you work for your dad. Like, how does that go? Kind of what, thing. Do you sit around all day in your computer? Well, what? that or is it like, oh, is your dad like, you know, you know, bitching at you all day? It's like, no, dude, like it, it works out, you know? That's, mm-hmm. I mean, both of us being fortunate to have that kind of relationship with our dad, for sure. I enjoy it. Yeah. It's good times. It's cool. Dan, what do you do for a living? Uh, maintenance man for uh, a large equestrian center down in uh, San Juan, Capistrano. So you just can't get can't get away from these ponies, huh? No, no. I thought if I moved to Orange County, maybe I could, but it just keeps reeling me back in, dude. Where are you from originally? Uh, Northern California. Um, okay, okay. I don't know. I'm. It's on the eastern side of the Sierras, a little town called Ridgecrest. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, nice. What, what are they known for, open? like mines or something, or what? Uh, tweakers, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, there, there's a big naval weapon oh, center up there, actually. Yeah. China Lake Naval Weapon Center. Meth Town, USA? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty close. I mean, there's a lot of that there, too. So, Okay. Yeah. Horse riding and whatnot. Is that where yeah. you got into it up there? So yeah, yeah. Were you on a ranch when you grew up? Uh, no, actually, my parents, my dad raced motocross. My mom, nothing to do with it. And How did you get into it then? How was that? A- my sister dated a bull rider and kind of got me into it. And I was like, hmm. I don't know, 12. It's so crazy yeah. how that works out. You go from something like so disconnected like that, and now you're just, that's your life. You yeah, know? it was kind of nice because, like, I raced motocross, and my dad, he was so into it, like... He was like the motocross dad. I couldn't go home until I learned how to do this corner, you know. And oh, okay. Then we, so I sold that, and that's when I got into mountain biking because I'm like, well, he doesn't know nothing about this. And then I sold that, and then that's when I started rodeoing because I'm like, no one knows nothing about this. I yeah. can do my own thing and got into it, went to college with it, and did a little bit of pro. And now I'm. Uh, how do you how do you even get into that though? I, I I wouldn't even know where to start. So did did you have your own horse at a uh, no stable uh, or no uh, like riding roughstock any roughstock event like the rodeos that you went to they the stock contractor provided them 
So you had, you know, the stock contractor provide the buck and horses and the bulls, and then... How would you practice, though? Uh, actually, it's funny that you say that. There was a thing they used to call a buck and barrel. It's basically like four telephone posts, uh, like four garage um, springs, four garage doors, and a 55-gallon drum, <laughs> and that's, like, how you practiced, and... So I, I'm I'm completely ignorant to any of this. Like, what what exactly were you doing? Like, with with the horses? Like, what, I rode bucking horses for fourteen years. Um, what like I like I have no idea what that is. Like, I'm I'm dumb when it comes to any of that. So like, what were you doing? Like, the last longest. Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, no, it was. Uh, so basically, like bareback riding is um, you held on to a suitcase handle, basically on the okay. back of a bucking horse for eight seconds. Um, I didn't really they, have that. I'm so stupid when it comes to that. <laughs> they judge the horse like one to 50. Do they call that a full pull or what do they call that? Uh, no, they just call it a, you know, a second ride, dude. Uh, no, I, yeah, it's, it was just a ride. I mean, right. if you got bucked off before then, you got bucked off, so. But there's like a point system of how well. Yeah, the whole point system, all that, and then, yeah. Because my parents occasionally go to the, uh, the bull riding stuff at the, um, at the pond. At the pond, they yeah. go. But I didn't know they had horses. It's like, I, I thought it was all bull stuff. I yeah, no, I mean, there at the pond, yeah, it's just bulls. But um, throughout the rodeo scene, they had bucking horses, yeah. So what's what's the difference between the two as far as the attraction? Like, why go one versus uh, the other? I don't know. To me, like, I, wrote, I started out riding bulls, seeing a good friend of mine get killed, like, when I was 14. Oh, when I stepped geez. on my bull. Um, after that, it kind of changed my direction, and... Oh, I can imagine. Um, started riding bucking horses, and they were uh, to me they were a lot harder riding bucking horses than bulls. Um, Smarter probably. They were like bulls. Yeah, they would come back for you and try to hook you. But mm. horses like they jump so much higher and kick so much harder, and they were just gnarly. I thought hmm. to me like I can never just I can never get a hundred percent on it. I can never figure it out exactly, and that's what drove me to it more. Like I always wanted to perfect it, perfect it. Yeah. And, so, so are these like wild mustangs or they're not wild mustangs they're bred to buck basically they're a bucking horse that are stock contractors that's what they're bred for um some of the best taking care of animals in the world they're just like an athlete i mean same with the bucking bulls they're bred for that yeah they're you know all nine yards so that's what i was wondering and probably with you asking too i i obviously you didn't own the horse thing that would no be no the, i did not that would, that's not even a factor but no. i thought it was I, there's so many different types of horse Riding events. I mean, there's this one girl I knew in high school. She was doing the... Barrel it's almost, racing. Yeah, barrel yeah. racing and whatnot. So I didn't know if it was some sort of aspect. I didn't know it was a weird name. All right, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of where I went to after... Kind of figured my parents didn't know nothing about that. So it was a good <laughs> place for me to go to. And uh, I like the adrenaline, so... That was baseball for me. My dad wanted me to play baseball a bunch. And it just kind of forced me out to something else, I think. And I that's... played for like 15 years. And then you... <laughs> Yeah, I started running, like I said in the last episode. I started running, and then after that, I was like, oh, there's mountain bikes. So I started mountain biking. And, and not like my dad was, like, super aggressive with yeah, any of that yeah. stuff, but it became a chore yeah, going to practice. Yeah, it was fun to go, have, go riding with your buddies. Or yeah. Batting lessons. Or... Like, it's like, oh, after school, you got to do homework, and then at 6.30, you got batting lessons. It's like, I just want to, like, go ride my bike. Like, <laughs> you know? But... But did you feel that you excelled when you were really, like, focused and training all the time for baseball? Baseball, at a point, I was bettering myself at one point, and then once high school started coming around, and, and anybody in high school that, at my high school that might listen to this will, will know it, but in any high school sport, really, the politics get into it, man, and mm-hmm. it was, 
and that's not to say that I was a good player. I mean, I I felt like I was I was I was a decent player, but I wasn't a, a star player that would that would stand out. So it just became who you knew, and if you didn't know anybody, you had to be the guy, like a, mm-hmm. a Mike Trout. Talk about the coach, right? If you knew the coach. Well, if you know the coach, if you know somebody, like if you had some sort of in, if the, if your dad was talking to the coach, if you know, and, and again, not to say that I, I mean, the skill wise, it was it was. I mean, I didn't have it, so I knew that go to running and then I was like okay this running thing's kind of cool everybody's like cheering you on instead of like dog eat dog out on the field like mm-hmm. when you're running people are like oh yeah like you know you did good like you're racing against yourself it's not on you too yeah it's and when you, yeah when you fail it's you so that's when biking came around I was like alright so this is like it's it's still kind of a team sport when you have a team obviously you get to support each other you train with each other but right. then when you're on the track I mean if you don't succeed that's your own fault. And, that's on you. That's right. And to sabotage you, I guess, yeah, someone can crash you out, but it's still on you to stay on the bike and keep going. I mean, like, not saying people are malicious like that, but... Tripping you or what? <laughs> uh, put a stick in your spokes, but no. You like, been her right there or what? <laughs> Spikes? <laughs> but no, I, I like with mountain biking, it's just kind of when you're on, on course, especially the enduro, it's like it's just you racing against the clock. It's kind of, yeah. kind of cool, something different. Sometimes I think when you get focused on like a training program, you might like lose the love for whatever you're doing. Yeah, I completely right? like bypass that whole question. I, I made that way longer than it should have. Yes, when I did train, I did get better, but ultimately it kind of weighs on you. Right. But does that mean I actually love the sport as much as I do with mountain biking? That's one thing. I mean, training in any sort, I mean, especially for Leadville, when you start training for that, that's going to be that's gonna yeah. be tough. I mean, it's a mental battle for sure, but it's... It's all worth it in the end. You have those rides where you're not feeling great, but you know the difference between mentally not feeling great or physically. If you're mentally not feeling great, you got to fight through it. Yeah, you just get out and ride, yeah. in my opinion. That's, That's about it. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about off-roading. Off-road racing? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, got into off-road racing when I moved to Orange County. Um, what, eight years ago, nine years ago? Got into that, started helping a couple guys racing 1600 cars, which were VW-powered, 1600 motor, um, beam front-end cars. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we raced those, and then got into Class 10, which was a unlimited suspension car with a, a sealed uh, four-cylinder motor. Uh, still doing those cars at top speed through the desert, still yeah. doing, like, 107. Sketchy. But, it's fun. It's fun. It's a good time. Sure. It's like we go from one adrenaline to another adrenaline. Right. <laughs> kind of. I don't know if you guys see a pattern here. So, yeah. It's a trip that SoCal becomes like the birthplace to a lot of things, right? Surfing what? or did you find the love biking, of, of off road racing? Did you find the love of the of the horse riding for, uh, or I guess the bucking bronco? Did you, did you find that here, or was that up in NorCal? It was like well, started in NorCal. Yeah, Central Cal, basically where yeah. I lived was. Uh, Northern, Northern California. Um, yeah, it was, I don't know. Yeah, I found it up there, definitely. I mean, originally, after that, after college, everything, I moved to Temecula and lived with a bunch of guys. Okay, so you're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was all over the map. <laughs> then mountain biking was still NorCal. You found it up there. Like, that's when no, you actually, I got back. Originally, yes, up there. As a kid. Then, as a kid, yeah. yeah. And then when I moved down here, I got back into it. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Bionicon bikes. Yeah, those are fun. Uh, yeah, so I started like doing a little rep for them, repping their bikes, and they kind of helped me out with the bike and started having fun on it. And 
then I, so I rode that for a while and we did like a couple of 24 hour races at Herky Creek. I don't know if you guys remember those, they had 24 hours of adrenaline. Then they uh, had uh, 12 hours of Temecula we did. Um, was it a team, team, a team Yeah, race? a team effort deal, a <laughs> uh, four-man team on them. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. Nice. Bike was fun. And then, uh, yeah. Not to derail the off-road racing, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah, when you come to SoCal, dude, I mean, there's, you can surf, you can mountain bike, and I feel like mountain biking Snowboard is, mountain right biking now. has exploded. I feel like mountain biking has gotten so big, even since when I started riding in 08, which I think I got in on the boom, like I was one of the boomers in 08, but... Man, you go riding in any park now, it's just... That's when you were on the team, right? Renopo the Racing, and you were, like, focused on racing next year? Was that a little bit after when, that? When did I meet you? 2011? 12, maybe? I think is when we first started doing Renopo. I don't even know. Where, where did we meet? At Oaks or something? Probably at Oaks. I was working at the I path. Oh, okay. That's working at the path, and yeah. you guys started coming in, I think, is when you first started, like, mm-hmm. riding. And then... That's when we were transitioning from trophy carts to mountain bikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, I feel like, I mean, you're in SoCal, man. You can do anything from, like, that girl I was talking about. She's doing the barrel uh, barrel racing on the horses. You can surf. You got the off-road carts. I mean, I mean, especially with you guys, you have all the off-road background. I know other people in the industry that are, like, in the machining uh, business, there's a lot of uh, companies that have off-road teams, too. It's just funny. I mean, it's SoCal's, yeah, it is a burning ground of a lot of... Uh, Speaking of that, but the high school series, dude, that thing's blown up that is dude yeah, like 500 kids or more yeah with if they run the junior highs from what I was told like 900 kids that's crazy yeah that's insane when you think about that I mean that's it's in the short amount of time too you're, you're talking kids that are willing to do that I mean I'm sure a lot of them are just like oh like what's mountain biking it's the new sport because like when my tail end of high school is when they brought a lacrosse team on everybody wanted to be on the lacrosse team just because it was new and cool oh lacrosse okay yeah so like with mountain biking, that's that's pretty cool to see it to blow up like that. I am, however, not a fan of their rules as far as their. their there is definitely a lot of politics involved in that. You whatever. can't get your wheels off the ground. I think yeah. you, I don't think you can wheelie. You can't take your hand hands off the bars. Nothing. Like well, I think the reason to do that is because they want to make it a safe environment from beginners to, you know, advanced you know, skilled riders, right? Sure, but if you're going to do a high school league, you got freshman kids playing high school football, you're going to get mm-hmm. way more messed up. I mean, granted, right. you might have a higher risk of breaking something, mountain biking from one big crash, but you're not getting that constant uh, pounding. pounding to your head every day at practice. Mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, my cousin started riding, or when he was in high school a couple of years back, he, he was doing that stuff, and he was always telling me, like, yeah, like, this one, there was a jump on the course. It was, like, a couple rollers that you just wanted to, to jump, and he's a BMX kid in his background. So he's like, yeah, I would jump it, and there was a marshal there. And then they would, like, dock you somehow. Like, they would be like, yeah. oh, we got off the ground. Like, make sure you get his number down. And it's like, that's not mountain biking. Like, we got some stuff to, to figure out. New Zealand, so this Rotorua uh, crankwork's going on. Rotorua. Rotorua. I had this section <laughs> <laughs> that just happened this Brian, past Brian. weekend, right? Uh, still going on. I think they uh, they sold the downhill the race. The EWS uh, race, right? EWS happened. They just did the pump. That was nuts, pump dude. track thing. Yeah, dude. The the weather's been ridiculous. But what I was getting at though is that they have a high school downhill uh, series? series. I saw that. Really? Yeah. yeah, they have their own like a downhill series. That's pretty cool, man. So I mean, it shows you that. You can do it. I mean, people, kids want to do it. I don't know what you do here as far as races. I guess you'd have to travel a little bit more, but cross country is easier to, to host for sure. Right. I know the shop has a, a few teams that they support, and we see them out on Tuesdays or whatever throughout their training and stuff like that. So there's a structure involved. I think there's, sure. a, there's a huge uh, difference in skill level, though. 
because it's so yeah, new. Definitely. You have kids that are getting into it. Then the, the varsity kids are pros. They're basically pros. That and the equipment they're riding on. You know, there's some kids on Walmart bikes, Swain's Huffies yeah. or something like that. 50-pound bikes, dude, you know. Well, that's what they're doing and having a good time. It's cool that they do that, but then there's also an argument, which I don't know if I haven't seen it in a while, but they're trying to make it. People want it to be more like Supercross, where you have a 250 class, a 450 class. Like maybe somehow. Well, they do have, have a, divisions. Yeah. They have divisions, but not bike. They have divisions, but it, say uh, you're. I see what you mean. One kid's on a 20 pound bike, the other one's on a 35 pound Walmart uh, bike. Mm-hmm. You know, and granted, I don't know how. I mean, you, the kid that can can only afford the Walmart bike, then you start having issues with that, but. Yeah, it's 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 hard to say. I mean, those kids in varsity, if they're doing well, they're all on good bikes for the most part. Oh yeah. But is that to say that the kid that's in varsity that's doing well, but on a crappier bike, would he do better on a better bike? You know, that kind of regulation. But that gets kind of deeper into it. And in the meantime, it just you know, I think it's good to have the exposure for the sport. For sure. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of manufacturers involved in that, and they're investing in in the high school stuff because they see that's the future. Yeah. Future consumers, uh, customers, um, future athletes. Yeah. So it's good exposure. I yeah. mean, that's a lot of people coming out. I mean, it's just like cross country running too. It's I mean, the parents come out. It's a lot more involvement than just with us going out and racing too because it's just us. But when you have the whole family coming out and the grandparents come out to see them, like I mean, it's the the, the audience is a lot bigger. It starts It's kind of like over the hump. Sponsors. Yeah, over the hump is it's a whole different <laughs> ball game too. Yeah. But. That's coming up, right? What is it? A couple months? First first week of May. First week of May. Did we yeah. talk about that last episode? Not sure. I think we did. Yeah, first race sells out 650 racers. They've done it the last like two or three years. What's your yeah. schedule like this year? Uh, my schedule definitely is going to be the Kinda Cups. Um, going to be doing some endurance races as they come up. Uh, definitely probably throwing some over the humps. So have you, we, have you done them before? Yes, over the humps, yes. We uh, we did we did what, eight last year. Um Got in our last one. We raised a super sport and see how we ended up. And it's a tough class. Man. Yeah, and was was stoked. I ended up third in my age group for super sport, so I was pretty nice. pumped on that. But over the humps, kind of like you can use that for your Tuesday night hill repeat stream, because <laughs> it's just a sprint for an hour. <laughs> That's a sprint so, too. Yeah, and it's, it's, and it's a good sprint. To dust fest, dude. I mean, it I see you guys. Fest. Rolling by, I mean, you guys yeah. look like you, <laughs> no. you guys been hitting the tanning salon, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that's definitely a tough race because it brings out all the road bikers, too. And yeah. A lot of roadies. Those damn roadies. Yeah. No, it's, that's what pushes you, though. And those guys, <laughs> man, on flat ground, like those guys, especially the bigger road, like the time trial looking guys, they just take off, man. It's, it's a whole different ballgame. But it's good. It's good to push you. It's good for the industry. You know, for the biking industry, it's good for the sport. Just having a lot of races, a lot of events going on where it just keeps everybody engaged and, and participating in, in a lot of different stuff, you know. Well, it's starting to bring back, like, what everybody, I mean, the the, the, the heyday of mountain biking in the 90s. Norba, right? Where, I yeah, mean, they was Norba, televised, right? Norba oh, they, like, Nissan was a sponsor and, like, these creep and... Yeah. Big corporate sponsors. Yeah, and Oakley, but at the time... It Reebok seemed to be, shoes. Yeah, just yeah, crazy yeah. stuff. And everybody's, you know, wanting that heyday back. But, I mean, it starts at a small level. Like, with Over the Hump, as small as it is, you know, I guess, like, SoCal-based. But you, you, you see that there's interest on a Tuesday evening. So working with... It's actually, you. like, one of the biggest series in the country, I believe. Probably is. On a, week, on a, on a weekday, weekday yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely a weekday, yeah. yeah. But, but I, like, how do, you, how do you capitalize on it? I mean, other than that, I mean, Orange County is, is definitely... 
I mean, it's it's compacted a lot of people, and there's a lot of people that ride, but... Well, they're talking about, like, Orange County now being, like, the mecca of mountain biking. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to think that way, because people don't realize how much riding we do have here. Year-round. You can, yeah, exactly. You can train oh, we take 360 it. days a year. Yeah. You know, we're freaking they, out when it was raining, like... Couple of days yeah. like, oh, dude, we can't go ride the trails. I it's... loved it. Everybody was hating it. I loved it, man. It's <laughs> finally we get to get a little change in the trail instead of just being slippery and whatever. But right, and they're back to the old way. Of oh, now. <laughs> takes, <laughs> takes three three days. Pack, right? Yeah. yeah. Did Danny had a couple little run-ins with uh, loose over hard packed? Right, mm-hmm. Danny. I was looking Got at spoiled, lost yeah. a little bit of contact. I was looking at your leg yesterday. What'd you do? Just picking the scab. Picking a scab. No, how'd you get the scab, dude? <laughs> you were there. You were there. <laughs> For what? When I slid out. Weren't you there? Was that the one on uh, Cactus? No, it was one on Waterfall. Huh? There? I wasn't with you. Just that was another fast. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's another crash. <laughs> another episode. <laughs> the, no, point, Dan, the point of this is stay on your bike, not off the bike. Uh, you don't you plan, find you your don't plan to uh, stay off your bike. Lou, you, Lou, you, Lou, you, you uh, have to ride the bike, Lou, actually. Oh, to, to fall yeah. off the bike. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do ride. That's, yeah. that's that. No a while. All right, Lou, you got anything else on the list that you wanted to ask Dan? Not not really, Dan. You got any questions for us? Uh, no, I appreciate you guys coming. Um, I don't know. I want to Thank you for little, hosting it. Yeah, no worries. Throw a little deal out for the Kinder Cup West. Uh, coming up is the Benelli U.S. Cup Nationals. Right, right. Um, this weekend's the Fontana City Nationals, Fontana. right? Yeah, so this weekend, I don't know, yeah. depending on when we release this, uh, what's this weekend? The, the Fontana. 31st, 1st, and 2nd. It's going to be the Fontana National City National. It's a huge race. Um, it's the first it's U.S. Cup. First U.S. Cup. So it's, yeah, it comes, I mean, yeah. you're getting like the big riders out you, of it. I think on Saturday they're doing the UCI race, yeah. right? So that, go, that goes for points. Yeah. Emily Batty, Should like all the, all, the, all the big races. Don't you guys crush on, on that? Oh, yeah. If you yeah. don't. Who doesn't? Who do doesn't, you, right? I mean, <laughs> sorry, honey, if you're listening to this, but who doesn't? Anybody else racing that day? I don't really know. I think uh, <laughs> She is. That's, that's all that matters. Yeah. That's, uh, Emily Batty's the only one that's coming to my mind right now. So, no, so you got those big racers, and then uh, for myself, the Enduro race is going to go down. It's going to be part of the SoCal Endurance uh, Enduro series, so all the guys that do that. Uh, is team, that Saturday or Sunday? Team Saturday. Big Bear Saturday. A little bit later on Saturday. starts yeah. at 3.15, I think I saw. Three stages. Three-stage Enduro? Um, They're in a lot of the same. Uh, it's not going to be entirely great, I don't think, compared to the other races. Uh, but I mean, no, but they're going to run a lot of the same stages that they did for the CES last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went out there and pre-ran today. and so You might want to take your oh, XC you went out bike, to Fontana Jordan. Today? Yeah. Rode the course. Rode take the, the trek out, Jordan. Oh, shoot. Okay, so last year... <laughs> hey, all right. That's a whole other episode he, he, we could talk about. Yeah, <laughs> there's good courses out there, but when you have the cross-country going on, it's it's hard to yeah. link courses up for sure, especially if you want to do three. But, but once again, it's huge for, like, SoCal's, like, having those big events out, you know, down oh, here. Oh, nationals, like, man. Uh, you're, you're talking... global riders hundreds, down here. You're going to have hundreds across country. The, the Enduro's going to have probably 150 riders, 130 riders, which is crazy. The downhill brings out 200 riders. I mean, it's, it's a huge weekend for, for being out in Fontana. Everybody makes fun of it. That's even, I mean, even XC, I don't know. I mean, everyone keeps talking about Enduro, but XC's growing, in my opinion. It's huge. It's There's tons of people racing it now. Yeah. It's, well, it's Jordan's got an XC bike. Danny's got an XC bike. So, yeah, I mean, they're... I'm not, I'm not they're racing. Using, well, I'm not racing. You might. Over the hump. <laughs> I might do over the hump. Do the, do the Marco Fontana wear some baggies? That is true. This guy's wearing baggies over here. Danny with the yeah, baggies no, on the coast. No so we, we, were no down, bit, oh we, we were down in uh, Laguna Beach, Crank Brothers. 
and they had a like a replica uh, Bianchi bike that Fontana's gonna be racing this year. It was, uh, he's he's pretty sweet. Yeah. This year he went to to Bianchi, Crank Brothers, Kenda Tires. Have you been with him? With Bianchi? No, he was no. with uh, Candale. Oh, really? He was Candale for a long time. I didn't know that. Yeah. Pretty cool. sweet bike. Pretty light, too. Cross country is growing, for sure. Uh, yeah, I agree. Because, yeah. again, going back to high school kids, the high school kids coming out, and they do those races, too, for the most yeah. part. A lot of them do. Yeah. And... You know, they only get older and they graduate they keep racing so I guess it does grow I mean and that's that goes back to again the downhill kids in New Zealand so you have, at least they have kids that will go into downhill where America doesn't really push that doesn't have like the, the culture of downhill kids it's all cross country kids but with time but I'm sure that's why you're getting all those numbers now we do have a lot of fast younger downhill riders but they had the, to find it South themselves Beach. though okay yeah, that's what right. I mean like with, yeah, the, with the high school sure. thing the high, in high school you're all I mean you're, you're directing kids I mean like I shouldn't say directing. Like, I guess in high school you think that you have a mind of your own, but then you're like, oh, dude, like mountain biking would be sick. But you, if you had enduro mountain biking team or if you had a downhill mountain biking team. Oh, yeah, for sure. It would be, yeah, like kids would be yeah, like, oh, I mean, this, this kids, is They don't want to go do a 20-mile loop. You know? <laughs> they don't want to walk in the background. Yeah, they want to be trucked up the hill. In baggies. Yeah, I never ahead. had that mentality. Everybody's like, why would you want to pedal? It's like, well, why don't we get in shape, man? Yeah. I don't know. But, no, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, Benelli's uh, Fontana this weekend. Probably not going to release it in time for that. But uh, Benelli the following weekend. What is that? The which s- is six, seven, a pretty eight, tough course. Yeah, I mean, which is seventh and eighth. Yeah, it is a lot of punchy climbs. Yeah, it'd be a good one. They uh, they're talking about if the Olympics come to yes to L A. They'll be they're going to be using Benelli they, as yeah. the. Olympic course for cross country. Is that gonna be good enough for Olympics? You think? Yeah. Well, don't you remember when Eater Shirter came, Danny? You remember that? They had uh, the chopper flying around. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it good was, venue. Uh, but I mean, uh, it was good exposure. You know, national exposure sure. for the sport, and you know, f- to have him, you know, world champion, come down here to race that. And he was slaughtered. He put a clinic on everybody he was else, dude. He got a challenging though. He, he got a flat. Stopped, yep. got it replaced, waited for the pack to come to him, and then started had a little bit of an again. espresso break there too. <laughs> got a massage, and then he went back on the course. <laughs> that was insane to watch that guy ride, man. It's like it he was, wasn't even trying. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, no, that'd be cool. Olympics coming down here. That'd be cool just to witness the Olympics, you know. But nice, man. That's it. That's it for the show, episode one. Episode one with Dan. Thank you guys yeah. for having me. So uh, it, was, it was fun, man. Follow us on. Uh, Instagram? Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Instagram is at NGFE underscore radio. Facebook is NGFE radio. Um, hashtag NGFE radio. If you have any pictures you want to show us, uh, questions, either DM or do the same thing. Hashtag with a picture. Video, whatever you want to do. Um, do we have a Twitter account? Twitter. Um, I think I started one. I have to check. Okay. I got to get on that. Should probably get on that. But uh, other than that, man, just that was fun. So hit you up on the DM? Is that what you hit, said? Hit me in the DM, man. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you.